Uh, understand that imposter syndrome as, you know, as a syndrome isn't real. It's just uncertainty. It's the uncertainty you get when you're about to grow and about to progress. I understand sometimes that uncertainty can be kind of, uh, it, can, it can really slow you down. Let me give you an example of imposter syndrome, the way it shows up in skateboarding, which is, you know, the, the sport I love and I've skated forever. Uh, and that is when you're about to drop in on a ramp that's maybe like eight feet, 10 feet high, and you're looking into this abyss, into this pool, for example, <laughs> that's when imposter syndrome hits you because you're, you're scared. Welcome to the Online Course Mastery Podcast, where every week you learn the insider secrets to mastering the online course business so you can transform lives, impact the world, and enjoy the lifestyle business of your dreams. My name is Dave Espino, and I've launched 90 of my own courses myself and helped others make millions with their courses. I want you to be next. And on this show, you'll learn the secrets to online course mastery. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Online Course Mastery. And today we're gonna to talk about a really popular topic for online course creators, and that is how to beat imposter syndrome. <laughs> I have about seven different ways that you can beat imposter syndrome. Um, and so before we get started, let me explain what is imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is when you question whether you're qualified to teach or create a course. It usually ends up showing up something like this. Who am I to create a course on this topic? Uh, part of the reason we have imposter syndrome is we tend to compare ourselves with other people. So we might see somebody who's already created a course on our topic and they look so polished and they look so great and they, you know, they have the whole Instagram thing going where everything's perfect, life is perfect, right? And we start to go and, and look at that and go, wait, that's not me. I, I don't think I could do this. Uh, it starts with comparison sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't even require comparison. Sometimes um, you're, you just automatically feel like, hey, am I cut out for this? Can I really do this? Is this something that you know I, I, I'm capable of? The first thing I gotta say about imposter syndrome is this is a very common issue. <laughs> I mean, extremely common. I've learned that even the most successful people deal with imposter syndrome. I mean, we're talking the, the highest of the highest success people deal with imposter syndrome in some way, shape or form in some area of their business. So if you don't have imposter syndrome, chances are you're not human, <laughs> okay? You, to be human means you're gonna have uncertainties. To be human means you're gonna have insecurities. To be human means that you're, you're going to compare yourself sometimes. And unfortunately, sometimes we compare our, our low light reels with other people's highlight reels, and that really makes us feel bad, right? So uh, understand that imposter syndrome as, you know, as a syndrome isn't real, it's just uncertainty. It's the uncertainty you get when you're about to grow and about to progress. I understand sometimes that uncertainty can be kind of, uh, it can, it can really slow you down. Let me give you an example of imposter syndrome, the way it shows up in skateboarding, which is you know the, the sport I love and I've skated forever. Uh, and that is when you're about to drop in on a ramp that's maybe like eight feet, 10 feet high, and you're looking into this abyss, into this pool, for example, 
<laughs> that's when imposter syndrome hits you because you're you're scared and you're not sure you can do it. You've never done it before. So all this uncertainty comes in. You've got butterflies in your stomach. And then you're going to have that moment of truth, whether you drop in or don't drop in. And that's how I've, I've dealt with imposter syndrome many, many times in the world of skateboarding. You could probably uh, think of many different other areas where you've dealt with, let's just call it uncertainty. Uncertainty. Can I do this? That's the core essence of imposter syndrome. Can I do this? And often, can I do this leads to, should I do this? Right? And then you start talking yourself out of it. Well, I want to talk today about seven different ways to combat and to beat imposter syndrome. And uh, these are ways that I've used myself. And these are ways that I've also seen other people use successfully to beat imposter syndrome. The first tactic or strategy that I want to share with you is you can create a course because you've already created a course. Uh, and your mind might be spinning around right now going, wait, what do you mean I've already created a course? Let me, let me help you understand this and let me explain this. The essence of creating a course is gathering information from your skills, your experience, your knowledge, and outside sources and compiling that information in such a way that it leads somebody to a transformation or that it gives somebody a good conclusion. That's the essence, really, of creating a course. When I say you've already created a course, what I mean is you've already done most of the steps required to create a course when you were in school. So, for example, we're in school, the teacher or the, or the professor tells us, here's your assignment. I want you to write a paper on this topic. And then you have, let's say, a week to do this. During that week, you're taking in all this information, right? You're going on the internet, you're going to Google, you're doing searches. Maybe you're even going to an actual library like in the old days and you're digging up books and you're researching like crazy. You're digging all this information up and then your task is to compile it in such a way that it makes sense to the end reader, right? If you're writing a paper. So you all have already done the, the elements of creating a course. You've created an outline to begin with. You had maybe a beginning thesis to start it off. You then filled in your outline with content all the way, all the, all the way along the way. And then you ended up with a conclusion at the end of your paper. And all a course is, is that same process you've already done in school many, many times, except that instead of researching from outside sources about that topic, you're digging in and you're going, hey, what did I learn? How did I experience this? What are some tactics I use to be successful, right? <clears throat> you're mainly digging into your own internal library, your own internal Google and going, okay, Here's what I want to put in here. Here's the story I want to tell here that showed me this lesson. And here's what I want to share here. And here's, and think about it this way. It's like you're creating a gift for your students. Your students will be so excited to learn these different stories and these different gifts that you've learned the hard way, right? But the essence of it is creating an outline, putting it in onto paper. Now in our case, with a course, what we're doing, we're putting it into a PowerPoint presentation 
or we're putting it into bullet points that we might have off to the side of our camera so we can just speak to the camera, you know, ad lib style. But whichever way you decide to do it, whether it's bullet points or whether it's a PowerPoint presentation, that's what I prefer, you're creating an outlined set of facts and a journey for your student to build upon the previous lessons that they just learned, right? So it's a building process and they're learning from that. So when I say you've already created a course, I mean, you've done 80% of the process of creating a course and you've done it many, many times in school, okay? So the only difference is the, the way that you're delivering that term paper or that paper is not you know, in a Word document or it's not in a, a type, typed out paper, it's in a visual presentation, right? Where you, you're basically narrating what you would have put into a paper to begin with. So number one way to beat imposter syndrome is realize you've already done 80% of the work before. You've done it many, many times. This is nothing new and it's not gonna be that difficult for you to get, get this going. The second way to beat imposter syndrome is Think about, think about this. I remember my first day on a job, whether it was my first job or any future jobs. My first day on a job, I remember having these feelings. Think of these as imposter syndrome feelings, okay? I remember thinking, what did I get myself into? I don't know any of this. I don't understand how to do this job at all. These people expect me to know this stuff already. Maybe they made a mistake when they when I was in the interview and they said, yeah, you're the right person for this job. And now I'm here and I don't know anything about this job. Guess what? Two weeks later, you're doing that job like like nothing, like you're doing that job in your sleep. Uh, hopefully not in your sleep, but you're doing it like it's no big deal, like you've been there forever. And why is that? Because in those two weeks or however long it took, you learned it. You learned the things that you needed to do in that job. And once you did that learning curve, you're good. You're great. You can do it. So understand that imposter syndrome can be very temporary. It's just that initial fear before you actually start to learn the process and actually start going through the process. In my skateboarding example, it's that initial fear before you actually drop in. Uh, and, and go for it, right? So that's number two. Think about your first day on a job and then think about how it was two weeks later when you go, oh, wow, you know what? I can do this job. Uh, I'm not going to quit because I, I thought on that first day, I thought, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. I should quit. But no, you didn't quit. You stuck with it. And now you can do it like nobody's business, right? So number three way to beat imposter syndrome is get out of your head. <laughs> Okay, the reason we deal with imposter syndrome is we're too much in our head, meaning we're thinking too much about how we will be perceived, how we will sound, how we will look, how we might not come across as the, the most professional or the most, uh, you know, professorial or the most formal or informal, whatever it is, right? Get out of your head. Uh, and what I mean by this is instead of seeing this from your point of view, like, who am I to do this? I don't compare with so-and-so. I can't do this. Look at their highlight reel. My highlight reel isn't like that. Instead of talking, talking or thinking about yourself, 
see it from your student's point of view. When you start to see it, you start to take, take yourself out of it and imagine what your students will be getting from your course. Imagine what your students will be learning from you. Imagine all those really difficult trials and difficult challenges you went through and the problems you solved and the stories you have to tell around solving those problems. Imagine how much that can really benefit your student and how much that can really impact your student in a positive way. When you start, when you put, put yourself out of that equation and you start seeing it from your student's point of view, you're gonna have the right mindset and imposter syndrome will be the last thing on your mind. And the reason is because we're now coming from a, a, a position of giving. Um, every time I create a course, I feel like I'm, I'm creating a gift for my students. And that's not to say that I feel like I'm the end all teacher or anything like that. What it is to say is that I have these experiences and by imparting these experiences and especially the stories that go behind them, I feel like they can get so much value from this hard earned real world experience. Same thing's gonna happen for you. As you start to think of this course from your student's point of view, you're gonna be feeling like, wow, I'm creating a gift for my students. I'm, I'm doing this, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a Christmas time when you've, you've gone out of your way to, to find or make an incredible gift for somebody and you absolutely know they're gonna love this gift, they're gonna be floored by this gift. That anticipation of just, I can't wait for them to open this gift is the same feeling you should be having when you're creating your course. And what that means is you're totally outside of your head. You're, you're totally thinking about your students. You're not thinking at all about yourself. That's the proper place to be uh, because it's the last, it's the opposite, complete opposite of imposter syndrome. It's what can I bring to my students that is of high value? And if you have experience, you have high value things you can give to your students. So that's number three, get out of your head, <laughs> okay? Number four, number, number four way to beat imposter syndrome is measure your skill level or your experience level relative to your student's experience level, not to other course creators. This brings back the comparison trap again. And we think, oh, so-and-so has done so well and doing this and they look so good and they sound so good and et cetera, right? We can often be our own worst critics, and especially in that scenario. Instead of looking at your, quote, competition, which there, there really isn't competition because you are unique and you have your own things to bring to the table, right? But instead of looking at that, measure your skill relative to your student's skill. Um, I believe any, any one of us can create a beginner's course on any topic, okay? except maybe, you know, neurosurgery or things like that, right? But we can all be, we can all create a researched course on a topic. I've been, I've done it many, many times. Uh, but if you have skills and experience and knowledge in that topic, then you automatically are way above that beginner level course, right? And chances are very high that you're way above any students that are going to come into your course. So all you need to be is sub sufficiently above your student's skill and experience level to be able to teach them. And it doesn't take much. 
because the majority of students in the world for any topic is at the beginner level. That's the, if you think about a funnel, that's the biggest mouth of the funnel is the majority of people want to learn something fresh, brand new. And then as that funnel gets smaller and smaller, then there's fewer and fewer people that are wanting to learn more advanced and advanced and advanced strategies. So if the biggest source of students is at the beginner level and you have even a modicum of good experience in that topic, you're going to do great. OK, so measure your skill level relative to your students. Don't compare your skill level to other course creators. The number five way to beat imposter syndrome is visualize your student's success and how exciting it will be. I love visualizing my student's success. It's one of my prime drivers. I've had so many success stories and really emotional success stories. In fact, I just had one yesterday. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman and he said, Dave, your course, your eBay course that I bought on TV uh, got me started in e-commerce. And now he runs a very successful e-commerce business. Not only that, he teaches e-commerce to like 40,000 students. And he wanted to work with me uh, to continue to build a, a new program and so on. So it was very exciting to see that a course that I created back in 2005, the one we sold on TV, got this gentleman started got him excited, made him a great income, built him a, a great business. And now he's coming back and he's saying, hey, I want, I want to learn from Dave some more, right? Very, very exciting. I had other success stories where uh, a lady that, that reached out to me says, she said, Dave, God used your course, your eBay course to bless my life. She says, I learned how to sell on eBay. I, ha I now have a successful eBay business. And by the way, this again was maybe 10 years ago. I now have a successful eBay business and I teach women how to be successful selling on eBay. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got this. And I was just like, wow, this is so great. We don't think about the ripple effect of our courses. But imagine that. Imagine that you create a course and you have success stories in that course. And then those success stories create other success stories. Right. And it creates a ripple effect and it creates an impact around the world. And that's one of the most powerful, beautiful things you can have with an online course business is not only success stories, but a ripple effect of additional success stories beyond that. So visualize that, visualize your student success and how exciting it will be when you have people coming back to you and saying, wow, your course changed my life. You know, I was struggling with this and because of your experiences and your lessons and your stories, I've completely transformed and thank you and thank you so much. You know, I've had people in tears come up to me and thank me and that creates tears in me. I'm just like, I get so excited. I get so emotional to understand that, wow, what I, what I back then thought I was doing to make some money was actually creating an impact on people. It was actually benefiting people. So if you know that up front, if you're not just doing this for the money, but if you're also doing it for the impact, then it's super powerful and it's a super great motivator to go, how many success stories can I build? How many success stories can I build? And guess what that does? It takes you out of your head and onto giving and serving and impacting, you know, the world. So now we go on to number six, 
And number six way to beat imposter syndrome is imagining yourself two steps ahead. Again, I'm going to come to you with a skateboard example because this is what gave me this thought, okay? And that is sometimes, uh, especially when I was, you know, in my teens and I was really progressing in skateboarding, I was doing new tricks, doing new things all the time. Now, now not so much. I'm now more just really safe and careful, right? But back then, I noticed that if I thought two steps ahead, I could often pull off this very next step. And here's what I mean. So let's say you're in a half pipe. You know, we've all seen people skateboarding in a half pipe, right? You're in a half pipe and you're skating and you've got this really difficult trick you want to do, but uh, you're stressing too much about it and you're nervous about it. You're, 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 you're fearful that, you know, you may fall and get hurt and whatnot. If instead you think to the second trick you're going to do after that one, what's interesting is it takes the pressure off you doing this one. It takes your mind off of stressing over this next step, this very scary next step, this imposter syndrome step, right? And it assumes you're going to make this next step because you're thinking about the second step. It's a way of tricking your mind so that you take the pressure off of making this next step, this imposter syndrome step, which may be creating your course, right? or doing a Facebook Live. Sometimes that's nerve, nerve wracking. Or even just creating your first video for your course. Anything where you're kind of putting yourself out there. So instead of thinking about this next step that's scaring you, think about the step after that. What are you gonna do after you create your first video? What are you gonna do after you go on Facebook Live? What are you gonna do after you create your course, right? And there's something about that where if you think about your second step, not your next step that's scaring the heck out of you, but you think about the second step, it takes the pressure off, relieves the pressure, and allows you to come into step one, the first step that's scaring you, in a much more relaxed fashion. And you know what I learned? <laughs> it's really, really amazing. I would make that trick because I'd relieve pressure off of myself, and I was thinking about the second step. I was future pacing myself, because, hey, if the second trick is happening, that means the first trick happened. I made it, right? And so be thinking that way about, hey, how can I think about my second step? So I relieve pressure off the first step. It's another way to beat imposter syndrome. And the seventh way, the last way to beat an imposter syndrome is to gain clarity by finding a mentor who believes in you. Now, one of, the, one of your biggest friends in the online course business, in entrepreneurship, is clarity. What is clarity? It's when you see the picture so crystal clear in your mind, you know exactly which steps you're taking step by step. You know exactly what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and you have full confidence that this is the way to do it. There's no substitute for that. When you have this incredibly clear picture in your mind and you know exactly what you're going to do and you know how you're going to do it and you know the result of what you're going to do, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that clarity. We sometimes get this clarity when we attend a live event and we get this clarity because we're learning from people who are already successful and they've been through the path, right? But unfortunately, that's kind of like a hot bath. It wears out after a while, live events. 
What you need to do is find yourself a really good mentor who's been through that path many times, who's learned all the lessons, who's gone through all the potholes and the landmines and the pitfalls, all the alligators and everything, you know, they've got the torn clothing to, to show for it, but they succeeded and they can guide you step by step. They can give you that utmost clarity. And when you find that person, and especially when they believe in you, uh, there is no better way to get to success fast. So if this sounds like something that you would want, uh, I'm actually opening up, I'm opening up applications for my Infopreneur Mentorship Program. And right now we're taking applications, I'm talking to people one-on-one uh, -on -one over the phone, and we're finding out if you're a good fit for the program. And in this program, I will mentor you to success in 90 days. So to get more information on that, uh, go ahead and visit infopreneurcoaching.com. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next time on the Online Course Mastery Podcast. Thank you for joining me on the Online Course Mastery Podcast. Have you tried launching an online course and it wasn't as successful as you expected? Have you wondered what the difference is between you and people making millions from their course? If that sounds like you and you want to experience online course mastery, you can schedule a call with me. Visit infopreneurcoaching.com to book your call. I've personally launched 90 of my own courses and have coached members of Dean Graciosi, Tony Robbins, and Russell Brunson's communities, and I can help you learn the secrets to mastering the online course business. Again, head to infopreneurcoaching.com today to set up a call where I'll show you the next steps to success with your online course.